Hello and welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast talking entertainment news and reviews. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co- co- co-host. Batman. I like, I, heard, I said Preston. Yep. And... I could kind of see you like running back over in your head like, <laughs> what did I actually just say right there? And then that led to the second mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Critical failure Distracted followed shortly myself. thereafter. <laughs> uh, Very good. Did you say your name? Batman, like, Matt. subscribe, and tell a friend. Yeah. <laughs> what you been up to? <laughs> TikTok at Just Us Losers oh, Pod. <laughs> good start. Oh, it's awful. Okay. We're um, professionals. Yeah, this is good. Uh, so I talked last time about uh, the three-body problem, which I read. Um, the first of the Remembrance of Earth's Past trilogy is the official trilogy title. Okay. Uh, and I have since It's not finished... a blank of blank, <laughs> as all trilogies are. Remembrance of Earth. Oh. Uh, remembrance, it's basically, there's just one adjective in there. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I finished the second book, uh, The Dark Forest. Okay. It is kind of different. The first one is philosophical, but it follows a story and like kind of uncovering a mystery and works in some sci-fi elements and then ramps up to some uh, sort of action stuff at the end. It's not like super exciting. Remind me. Well, I'm just trying to remember what the first book was like. So the first book, there's a scientist and scientists around the world are mysteriously dying. and He's trying to figure out what's going on. Yada, yada. It turns out the aliens are coming. That's right. Uh, okay, we're good. Yep. yep. Got it. Yep. Uh, so the second one, um, it is the impending alien invasion has been uh, revealed to the world. And okay. so like the first half or two thirds of the book, probably the, 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 the a good first half of the book is just like almost you just you get a whole bunch of new characters and you kind of get their perspectives and sort of their little philosophical takes on mm-hmm. what this means, because it's a hugely disruptive event for society. Have you seen uh, Don't Look Up? No. Should watch Don't Look Up. I should. It is horribly masqueraded, but it is about the, you know, global warming. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. So I'm anyway. When was this written? Uh recently, but not that recently. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh anyway, uh yeah. So first half is it's very slow. It's a lot of just two characters are in a room and they talk about how these things are and what their perspective is. Mm-hmm. And then there's some occasional, the the author, um, I'm going to butcher this, Sitian uh, Liu, or Liu, Liu, I think, has uh, just a wonderful sense of creativity. I talked last week, there's a, um, there's some guys on a boat and they have some secret information and the quote unquote, the, the protagonists, let's say, I don't know if I want to call them good guys necessarily, mm-hmm. um, come up with an incredibly creative solution for extracting the information without giving the quote-unquote bad guys a chance to destroy it right from this massive ship Mm -hmm. the so the second one um there's a there's a character who needs a particular sort of school of thought to prevail among the like the earth defense people Mm -hmm. um responsible for that and his solution is just unbelievably creative um (laughs) very cool and then I'm not going to spoil anything, but uh, the book does really ramp up at the end. Okay. Just, I, I probably the trucked. Aliens attack? Um, no. Okay. I'm going to leave it at that. 
Um, did, did it turn out to be something wrong, different? And that if that starts happening? No. Okay. No, it's nothing like that. I'm going to let you stop guessing because... Will I eventually land on it? Either you'll land on it or I'm just going to stop answering because... <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> it's not going to be interesting. Um, but it, it really ramps up to the point where I probably read the last 150 pages just in one sitting. Damn. One night. I was like, I can't put this down. Out of how many total? Uh, this one's heftier. This one's like, I think pushing 600. Ooh, that's dune sized. Maybe not 600, but it's, it's lengthy. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, no, it gets really exciting and a lot of stuff happens and it, it, it it gets into like the full on, yeah, let's get some sci-fi up in here. Some, some good, like actual sci-fi kind of stuff. I'm not going to say more because that'd be giving away some things, but, um, Yeah wonderfully exciting um i talked about this a little bit last week or i foreshadowed this a little bit last week uh and here's the payoff if you know what the dark forest means you know a major plot point going in um what the dark forest means the title the dark forest oh it's a reference to fermi's paradox uh don't look it up if you don't want spoilers if you do want spoilers interesting okay so fascinating yeah oh god oh yeah i think i know how it ends (laughs) so you just you get a plot point and so it's so cool like one of the characters kind of has this realization um about the the dark forest the nature of the dark forest and how it can be used and it's the whole book is just little incremental steps because it's like it's it's how it can be used yeah okay so um, my theory is wrong Oh, okay. Very good. Cool. <laughs> but also my theory is very interesting and I want to talk about it in the car just to make sure I'm not okay. right about it and spoil okay. it on the podcast, but I want to. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but so there are many characters kind of doing their own thing and one of them is sort of on this dark forest path. And if you know what's coming, it's really cool to see him kind of come to the conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes uh, some of the payoffs at the end really satisfying. It doesn't go exactly the way you might expect, okay. but it's it's an incredibly cool buildup. Um, and this gets back to something we've talked about um, that in general, spoilers are a bad thing um, in the sense that you should always make a conscientious effort mm-hmm. to avoid spoilers or provide spoiler warnings just out of common courtesy for your yeah. fellow entertainment goers. But there are certain stories where knowing pieces of information in advance having some spoilers in advance can almost heighten the tension by providing a Mm -hmm. sense of anticipation and some interesting questions about okay how did they get there and you can see the the bits and pieces i've i've described this before as it's like watching a movie for the first and second time on the same viewing right you get the the first time experience of not knowing what's going on and getting to meet the characters and Mm -hmm. just experience the world but you get the second viewing where you're picking up little details that you know are coming because you, you understand how it's going to end. Right. Um, I had that cause I watched sixth sense having known for years what the twist was going to be. Yeah. But it was really cool to get that experience of, Oh, okay. I'm experiencing this movie for the first time and it's a great movie in its own right. It's mm-hmm. actually really well made, but there's also all these little details you can pick up along the way. And it, it's, it, it's a really fun experience. Yeah. It's something you should be, kind of cautious with but it's a it's just, it's very interesting and i think that this I, I know the book title is deliberate because the dark forest is a thing that's 
it's a concept that's known. It's not, right. you know, you ask a random Joe on the street, they probably won't be able to tell you about mm-hmm. it. But, like, enough people know about it that he knew that he was yeah. encoding a big piece of information in the title. And he was kind of setting up for that that anticipation mm-hmm. throughout. And that's that was really interesting to me. I love I that really paradox. Like that. that one, that... That paradox among the conversation that is rel- that that paradox is relevant to mm-hmm. just to try to avoid <laughs> right. the spoiling yep. is that one and also the uh, three inevitable truths about if we are in a simulation mm. are two of my favorite like thought paths yeah. of of reality essentially like yeah. I love just like thinking about it because like it's one of those things that. You can have two reactions basically to either of those paths if you allow yourself to actually understand them. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't, like you're like I don't care. Like you can you can hear them and just be like okay whatever. Like I don't care. Mm-hmm. But like if you like really think about them, you can have either an absolute existential breakdown. Yeah. Or like just like a heightened like joy about life and yeah. like and just it. I I have the the latter obviously like that's why I like them. <laughs> it's yeah. just it's it's so interesting because it um I'll talk about the simulations one. Uh so the, there's three inevitable truths about the question if we are in a simulation. Okay. Oh god, see if I can remember them. Um one is that we are almost inevitably in a sim- in, a, in a simulation because if any real if the real reality mm-hmm. forms the ability like creates the ability to create a full simulation. Mhm that simulation they can make several and mm-hmm. then each of those simulations will inevitably come up with the ability to make simulations yep. and by that by that inevitable fact we are almost certainly a simulation yep the probability that we're not is really low if yes. you think about it that way um the second one is ooh second one follows fermi's paradox okay so ignoring that one <laughs> leaving that one aside uh, <laughs> Um, oh God, what's the third one? Oh no, I, I don't think I'm going to come up with it without just like thinking, I, I'm going to go find that, the podcast I was listening to, but like, but it's just, it's the thing is like the, of, of those three, we're probably in a simulation, like just yeah. the, the chance of a simulation, it's, it's so likely, Yep. but also I think that the side of it that you need to take is does that matter if i don't you, perceive that i'm in a whatever uh i can't remember the name of it you might know you might know the name of it but the the it's it's more likely that a brain with the entire memory formed spontaneously in a void that's more likely than all of creation being created mm-hmm. i can't remember what that's called but like basically it's more likely that you at this moment have just spontaneously, uh, like, uh, just a, a consciousness spontaneously formed in an endless void with all of the memories that you have had up to this point, and everything else is just nothing exists. Nice. That is more likely than all of reality having actually cr- been created. And but the thing is, like, why does that matter? Like, uh, I, you've seen the good. I can't remember. I have seen the good. So the yeah. the girl that shows up and she's like, oh, like none of this is real. It's I'm in a coma and starts doing a whole bunch of mm-hmm. wild shit. Like, you could do that. I could. But also, I don't know, why not drink coffee? If you if you enjoy it, who cares if it's a simulation? Who cares if you're just a, a brain in a void? I see the steak. It tastes like a real steak. Yeah. Are you enjoying it? Yeah, cool. <laughs> like, 
it's just yeah i i, I love that that path of thought i'm eventually going to think of that third, <laughs> that third simulation <laughs> yep. yeah uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be much later yep yeah much less interesting point in the discussion so yeah yeah that's cool i i feel like i should add that series to my list i feel like really, something really that i'd be interested you would in. you would really enjoy it i think um right up your alley you have to do lord of the rings first this is the rule i also gotta finish miss morn yep <laughs> but this is this is your task yeah um yeah so i have started death's end which is the third book which is even fatter than the first two so oh man that i've okay maybe i'm right on my theory with what the end is we'll talk about it later because that could mean that i don't know what it means yet okay maybe not it's then. also been nothing but flashbacks for the first hundred pages oh good so how long is this one uh long i haven't looked at the page count but Got like you. six to seven hundred i think yeah very readable though i will say that okay um the translators did a excellent job cool i guess with the that person's name probably chinese yeah he's chinese chinese uh yeah let's see speaking of reading uh in the interest of getting some just background knowledge reaffirmed and also getting my hype back up i read the crooked man story hellboy nice um it's uh it's just one of the short stories it's not really connected to anything it's mm-hmm. set well before the events of sort of the main story arc okay um in the 50s actually okay. um so basically hellboy goes to um appalachia and encounters a local demon and they have a bit of a fight all right it's a good time but also there's you know a lot of character stuff and right thinking about it i have really realized that a lot of hellboy stories are not about hellboy it's just using him as an excuse to plumb some mythology or some mm. folk horror story or something and get a different perspective on it and just right. see these little dark twisted corners of the world and then occasionally throw in a little reference to the the broader story arc. right and i think that's a fantastic thing to do for this first movie mm. make it small make it self-contained have they He's said in, they're doing anything to do more after this uh i would assume they will okay uh, it's a property with quite a lot of resources and yeah. um if mike himself is involved then i hope they want to do more fair enough yeah but this one it's it's small it's self-contained it's probably too short just to adapt it straight, but uh, it feels like the sort of thing where Mike Mignola probably wrote it and had a bunch of ideas of how he could extend it mm-hmm. and uh, little background nuggets and things that could be fleshed out. Yeah. And so if he's writing the script, that means it's a story he was really excited about. Yeah. Um, and it's something that he feels he can uh, flesh out into a full two-hour movie very comfortably. I wonder if there's any, like any of the other short stories kind of themes and things throughout those other stories that he's like, you know, that story itself probably can't be like mm-hmm. extrapolated into a full movie, but like I can use this really well with this story and kind of like, mm-hmm. this may be like a kind of a combination using crooked man as kind of like an Avenue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see where this goes, yeah. but I think it's a, yeah, it should be Just a hope nice. It's not going to be a one star for us. <laughs> Please, <laughs> please I'm no. I'm begging you. I'd be really shocked if it were just because nothing ever has and having two movies in the same franchise be the only one stars ever. That'd be, that'd be something. Unprecedented, but there's a first for everything. Yep. There's a, um, I was, this is completely unrelated, but, um, at some point I was doing uh research, um, for a chess student about, uh, situations where one side has a queen 
and pawns, and the other side has three minor pieces, so bishops or knights, mm-hmm. and pawns, which means that the game is roughly equal, but not balanced, because the three minor pieces roughly equal the power of a queen okay. together. And I found, you know, a couple hundred good examples, and I flipped, and I was just flipping through and trying to get some general trends and see if there were any nice ones to show to him. And I discovered that there was a guy who had that situation twice at the same tournament in the span of like a week coming out of the same opening, but from very different ways. I don't think there was anyone else on the list that had it twice, except one guy that was like 20 years apart. Mm -hmm. And this one guy's just like, all right, this is what I'm doing this week, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So unrelated, but Yeah. yeah, sometimes things line up like that. Yep. It's like the uh, that Phineas and Ferb thing. I feel like if I had a nickel for every time this happened, I would have two nickels, which is not a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. <laughs> it's such a good quote. It applies to so many things. Great line. Uh, yep. So anyway, uh, yeah, Crooked Man. Good stuff. Um, if you're not reading Hellboy, what are you doing with your life? Go read some Hellboy. Um, read Hellboy. It's so good. Yeah. I haven't been up to a lot else, but I will tell you about some of my Zelda exploits because they'll be amusing. So, so you're off Tutorial Island. I'm off Tutorial Island. Um, I jumped off Tutorial Island and floated safely to the ground. Nice. Um, which was a big success for me. <laughs> Great success. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, there have been several uh, just mad as bad at video game moments. <laughs> I um, So there's a big watchtower and I climbed up to it and looted the treasure chest at the top and there were a couple of explosive barrels up there and I was like, ah, this is useful. I knew I saw that there were these uh, bad guys over here. There's a big group of them. I can I can do this and I can set a nice little trap. Um, I love that I can sort of plan ahead mm-hmm. and think about things like that. I'll, I'll get into that in a bit. Um, but I thought, okay, let me just uh, lug a couple of these explosive barrels down so that I can go <laughs> use them on these bad guys in a bit here. Oh, no. And I thought, okay, well, I can just pick it up and then just go down the ladder, right? well i fell to the ground and you know took a little bit of damage and i was like okay that wasn't ideal and then the barrel fell on my head (laughs) and blew up and i died (laughs) and i was like yeah i probably deserved that yeah i don't think there's a single video game that you can hold something and to do a ladder at the same time for whatever reason like i guess it's just the animation or whatever like i guess like kind of hard to climb up a ladder with something in your hand yeah but also like the way he goes down ladders is you know he can climb down but also if you do it right he slides down like he puts his hands on the sides and slides down so i thought okay i'll just like sling it over his shoulder and go down or something nope 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 (laughs) yep that was fun that was a good time anyway I'm, i'm finding the game really boring so far which is i think uh there's a lot that i like about it but i i well i think i'm playing it wrong but also I don't want to play it right. So um, you finish Tutorial Island and the little, you know, wise old man that tells you where to go mm-hmm. on Tutorial Island and helps you out and stuff says, all right, so you need to go fight the big final boss. You can see him over there. Uh, you're definitely too weak for that right now. So you should go talk to this one person in this one village. Mm-hmm. You know how games do. They yep. tell you where to go. Um, and I thought, okay, cool. And so I jumped down off Tutorial Island and then thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to go kind of wander off into the countryside and see what I can find. And just like, I'm going to aggressively not go the direction the game wants me to go. And so I've wandered into a couple places. I found somewhere where I was just got murdered. Mm-hmm. 
ran into some enemies that were too strong for me, um, stuff like that. Um, and so I, I've just spent, I haven't gone to the place yet. I've just spent a while wandering through the woods. Um, and it's kind of just turned into a foraging simulator. <laughs> I just go pick a bunch of mushrooms, roast some apples. <laughs> I've always found with open world games like this, that mindlessly wandering is boring. Mm-hmm. You need like an objective. Right. Um, that's why they gave me one, but I don't want to do well, it. <laughs> like, and it doesn't have to be like that, like, like the objective of like the mission, but like, mm-hmm. um, you want to like work on a specific skill, work on that specific skill. So like red right. dead is something that you could just wander around aimlessly and stumble upon things. But like mm-hmm. a lot of times you won't really stumble upon something, but like, if you're like, yeah. I really want to like, I want to hunt something. Like I'm just going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to hunt. I'm going to find mm-hmm. a bunch of three star animals and mm-hmm. I'm going to kill them. And I'm going to sell and I'm going to kill them. And I'm going to sell and just like, and I did that for an entire day, mm-hmm. but like that was like my objective. And so like, mm-hmm. as long as you like that, that's the thing is if you're just wandering, you are lost and like, mm-hmm. you're not really, I'm not lost. There's a little map. It tells me where to go. It says you're going the wrong way. The thing you want's over there. <laughs> <laughs> like you need to, I usually what I would suggest like is you get off the Toriel Island get a little bit through the main story because there's probably going to be some things that it starts to like say, Hey, like Mm -hmm. these are things you can also do. Mm -hmm. And that will at least give you like some starting point. Yeah. I got a horse. I did do that thing. I was supposed to go to the stable, which is halfway there. Got a, got a horse. Horse doesn't really listen to me, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like go left. Not that left. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, um, I, I haven't done it a whole lot, but I think the riding mechanics are pretty cool because you have to convince the horse to listen to you oh interesting um like it takes some some training and some Mm -hmm. um just some sticking to it to get it to reliably go the direction you want it to go cool i felt really bad i finally got him the direction it was going and then an enemy threw a rock at us (laughs) and it hit the horse in the head and it ran away and screamed i was like oh come back buddy it's okay (laughs) but i found him i got him back and it was okay he had some major brain damage but (laughs) That's why you agreed to let me ride him again. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, uh, I really, I am enjoying the sort of problem solving and planning aspect of things. Um, so like, oh, there's a treasure chest underwater. Well, let me grab it using my magnetic powers. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's too far away. I can't do that. Oh, you know what I can do? I can freeze part of the water so I can go climb onto the ice and then grab it from there. Oh, no, I can't put it on the same block with me. Let me freeze that spot over there and put it up there. Okay, that works. Takes a little bit of doing, but that that's kind of satisfying. Yeah. Um, or like um, I found a nest of enemies and I couldn't figure out a way to get into it. And I thought, ah, well, if I come back over here and I time my jump perfectly and glide down, I can land on this spot and then I can go in. Oh, no, there's two big guys in there that are probably stronger than I can take, but they're asleep. Let me just uh, shoot some bombs at them from a distance and then that'll be we'll take care of them that way there and you it, go. It, yeah it's it's kind of fun to be able to do that it's it's satisfying a little put a little mini plan into action and yeah. see it pay off so i am enjoying that yeah i just need to probably go do some things that i'm supposed to do yeah but i, I just I, I get distracted i'm like ooh, okay that looks like there's some bad guys in there let me go murder them really quick yeah okay um oh look there's probably some mushrooms in that forest let me go forage for some mushrooms <laughs> <laughs> too many mushrooms do something with them i cooked a bunch of them nice i still have too many mushrooms just drop them no all right they can give me things like defense and speed and sneakiness oh yeah so sneakiness is there yeah. stealth in that game yeah yeah 
Man, I need to get a switch. The very first bad guy I encountered coming off of Tutorial Island, I sneaked up behind him and I hit him and he died in one hit. And I was like, nice. ooh, that looked like a big, powerful guy. And I just smacked him and he went down. That was nice. Feel good. Yeah. Stealth is fun. Yeah. Nice. Yep. And then I was sneaking up behind a guy and I accidentally hit the button to whistle for my horse. <laughs> that immediately alerts everyone in the area. Yep. And uh and later Assassin's Creed games, like there's a different button for assassinate versus like attack. And so mm-hmm. I'll be like, I'll sneak up and I'll hit the attack button and I'll just like swing at him. It's like shit. <laughs> uh, yep. Anyway. All right. Yep, that's me. That's what I've been up to. Cool. What about you? Uh so Kaylin and I finished Legend of Korra. Ah, okay. That is a solid show. All right. Something that I like about the last season is that really no one's a good guy. Nice. Like, I mean, you have like Cora who's like doing her best, mm-hmm. but also like Cora becomes not really the main character. Oh, like, cool. In in last who Airbender, needs female main characters. she gets overridden by other really powerful female characters oh that's boring like the ratio of male to female characters is wild in that show okay um cool but like so again in last airbender you basically have ang's crew and zuko yep until they combine and then it's just it's them yeah together with like maybe some it cuts to azula sometimes sure like it's pretty much that but with like with season four so things happen at the end of season three that gives Cora PTSD. Mm-hmm. And so she's like spending the entire season four, like trying to work through it. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, she's got some narrative stuff, but like all the action is happening with a bunch of different characters. And there's uh-huh. usually like three or four different like storylines going at once. Like it's a lot mm-hmm. more complex, like deeper, but like there's very much the whole show is basically like 1920s, thirties mm-hmm. uh, technology. Uh, and they come up with their version of the nuke of nuclear oh. energy. Okay. And it's like, and you have a person who's like, I refuse to do this mm-hmm. because that's awful. Okay. It's going to kill people. And then they, they, so in, Air, in last airman, you're like that, that person's dead. Like, you're pretty sure that person's dead. This one, they straight up like obliterate people. Nice. <laughs> um, but like the biggest issue with the show is Nickelodeon. Like mm-hmm. the studio interference. I talked about this before where season to season, the creators didn't know if they were going to get the next season. Right. And so they couldn't set things up to do multiple season level, like uh, sp- uh, spreading arcs. arcs. Wow. I s- failed hard. I can't talk. And so every season is, oh, is very self-contained. There is some like natural kind of growth in the characters in each sure. one, but there's nothing that's a setup in one season that, that pays off in another mm, season yeah um that can be a little unsatisfying but like there are so many like moral questions and like morally gray decisions made by so many people like mm-hmm. it gives them situa it puts in the show situations that are not easily solved I like it. which they do in last airbender they're like hey yeah you got this guy who's a tyrant and will kill everyone you should probably kill him and Aang is like, I'm going to talk to all the other avatars. And every other avatar is like, yeah, kill him. M- yep. Make him dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, but in the end, there was a kind of an easy way. It like, wasn't easy. He found the, the way, but like, and mm-hmm. there's a morally high ground way. Yeah. And like, there's, 
it kind of ends similarly where like at the end there's like yeah that's like the right solution and again it's a kids show so you kind of yeah, have to do that too grim but like man all right they they stay away from that for a while good <laughs> um I like it. literal nazis great well i guess i can't say literal nazis but it's as much literal Nazis as the Empire is literally Nazis. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and also, the fighting is so good. Yeah? Like, just the the creative uses of metal bending and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And and they do an, what I really wish Star Wars had done, where you have Katara is still alive, mm-hmm. and Toph is still alive. Mm-hmm. They're the only ones still alive. And they're old, and they stay out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, a couple times where they step in to do something, but they're like, nah. Like, we're done, like, fighting. You think I'm going to walk out there with my laser sword and face down the whole First Order myself? <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, and then he does. No, uh, he sends a hologram to do it for him. Well, yeah, but, for still, but it's Jedi, like, they, <laughs> they, like Lucas, or Disney relied so heavily on the old characters to carry the, the sequels. Yeah. But this one was like... Katara's around for a couple episodes in the first season, mm-hmm. and Toph shows up in two episodes at the like very end, mm. and literally has the line. Uh, they're like, "You should help us," and she's like, "Nah, I'm done fighting. If there's anything I know, it's just you sometimes got to leave it to the kids." And walks off <laughs> and never comes back. And it's like I love that because it lets the show have its own characters. Right? Yeah. So I I feel like sequels like this that are set long after the original do have to answer some questions about legacy of mm-hmm. the original one. Um, is that a theme that comes into play, even if the characters aren't there? Uh, okay. Explain. Give me a, like, so Blade Runner 2049 is kind of the perfect example of that, mm-hmm. um, where it's not, it, it's a, it follows different characters facing different challenges, but they come up against questions left behind by the legacy of the previous movie. They do. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, basically, what happens? Have you seen any of Korra? Either? Not even slightly. Okay. So basically, what happens is Aang later on sets up. Uh, he like takes an island uh, that's part of the Earth Kingdom and makes it Republic City, uh, and okay. that is basically the the government center of mm-hmm. the world where there's representatives of everybody, and it's like one world th- government. Woo. Yeah. And that plays a huge role in the Nazis. It's an Earth Nazis and who are pissed off that mm. they took an island that belonged to the Earth Kingdom. Fair. And there's a lot of, like, basically Aang didn't solve problems. There are a lot of things that are left that Aang mm-hmm. didn't deal with. Um, honestly, and I, I, I like this, it's like late season one, early season two, where they point out a lot of flaws in Aang as an adult because mm-hmm. you have Aang's kids around and they're like, so basically he has, uh, you got Tenzin, who's the airbender mm-hmm. who is teaching Korra airbending. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Boomy who has no bending, mm-hmm. uh, but is like a, an admiral in the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have Kaya who is a waterbender. Okay. And so Tenzin is the only airbender. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I have literally the, the future of an entire nation on my shoulders mm-hmm. to have airbending kids and to like, and do this. And they do a lot, a lot of season two is centered on the fact that Ang like that Tenzin was like, yeah, we had like a great family 
And and the, his sibling's like, mm, eh. and he's like, yeah, don't you like remember the trip we took to like the Western Air Temple? And they're like, that you took with dad. <laughs> and he's like, you know, you were there. And he's like, no, no, we went there. Aang's not, he wasn't the perfect father. Like you got a lot of special treatment because airbending, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, he, and he kind of favored you and like, and so they do a lot of, and I really like that because yeah. that's something that they do in the first show is they all have their flaws. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their flaws. Yeah. And like, I feel like Ang is the one with the least flaws because his flaws are all like being nervous about the future. Right. Uh, but, like, you have, like, Katara's flaws are, like, trauma and wanting revenge, and, like, they work yep. through that. Sokka's flaws are rampant sexism. <laughs> <laughs> um, Healthy dose of stupidity on top of there. And so, like, I, I love that they retroactively apply flaws to Aang, but then also, like, kind of explain, like, given that it's a kid's show, they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, parents aren't perfect they make mistakes mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that it's bad and like that they're they're like yeah ang did his best like he loved us and like yeah so like a lot of questions it leaves behind of like the the avatar's role mm-hmm. especially because like they you know you talk about like facing new uh issues um there are a lot of really big things that happened that ang could never have worried about mm-hmm. and like his approach and words of wisdom that he may have had and like instilled on other people do not apply anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I think I, I don't think it does as much as maybe 2049 does, because I think they really focus on just trying to make sure that Cora stands on her own. Mm -hmm. She's not just the next one. She is her own avatar who struggles with Mm -hmm. her own things. Yeah. And Um, that's, that's a slightly different thing. Yeah. Cause being the one hero of the entire world is like a different stakes than like just Mm -hmm. being a police officer that deals with replicants. Yep. But I mean, it's, it's solid. There's like, I mean, you look at the IMDb ratings and stuff like that, and hardly any of them really drop below an eight. Yeah. There's some, they're like, there's some upper, like upper eights and nines and stuff in there. Sweet. Um, the fighting, especially like by the end of it, it, there's a lot of, one of the other issues I have with it is that, ah, spirits do work this, uh, this thing is happening because spirits, Ah. which there's some of that in last airbender, a little but bit, yeah. the spirit world and spirit, that whole thing becomes a much bigger piece of the story mm-hmm. at the end of the second, at the end of the second season. Mm-hmm. Cause literally they bring the spirits back into the world. Like they open the portal between spirits and oh. normal world. So like spirits okay. are all over the place now. And it's like that five minutes from ghostbusters where all the ghosts come into New York and yeah, and try I to the, <laughs> the, the, what's his face is eating all the hot dogs and the taxi Ooh. man's dead. Oh no. yeah. Yeah. I kind of remember that the, I mean, metal bend, metal bending is cool. Like how they, how they handle metal bending and yeah. stuff like that. Um, I am one of the things I'm really disappointed about is there was one character who was super cool and I loved them and I was like, Oh yeah. Like they're, they're cool. And they're like, they're doing things and they're in charge. They don't have a name until like the last episode of the season. I was like, ah, oh, yay, they get a name. Cool. We're going to get awesome. Them in the next season. They're the, they're the Hitler in the next season. In the season oh. four. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like everything makes sense. Um, you've got like president Ryko, uh, who's like the president, like the, mm-hmm. 
the whole thing uh and doesn't make a single good decision <laughs> the entire sounds about right uh the entire thing um but boy do they make strong female characters cool good uh, that is it is honestly a lot uh i've feel like Mako, who's the firebending brother, Mako and Bolin, uh, mm-hmm. are like the two from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I I want more Mako because he's cool. I, I liked his whole thing, mm-hmm. mostly because he's a firebender who's not an absolute menace. Cool. <laughs> you don't get a whole lot of those except for <laughs> Zuko and Iroh. There are some small references. Oh, Zuko's alive too, but uh, he okay. had, he had stepped down from being Fire Lord and his daughter is Fire Lord, ah. and he was just kind of around doing stuff. It first of all, you should watch the show. I, like when okay. you when you get a chance, I'll it's on Netflix. Yeah, all right. Um, also, you should probably watch it because I I it has made me even more excited for the adult Boomerang Gang movie because mm-hmm. they do a couple flashbacks and there are slight references to things that happened to them between Hundred Years War and now. Cool. Um, but they're all small. It's again not what Disney did, where it's like ah everything is centered around them, like. They did their thing. Mm-hmm. They served the world. They set things up. Mm-hmm. Now it's these guys' problem. <laughs> um, so, good show. I'm sad we blitzed through it because I want more Avatar stuff. Yeah, um, more will come. But I'm I'm glad. I'm glad I enjoyed it because now you can watch the movie. Are they still making that live action show? They're still doing know. that, right? Uh, probably. Because the creators left, right? Which was not a good sign. Very awkward. But I haven't seen any news about it lately. Yeah. They have the casting. Maybe they just quietly killed it. They got really far. It's rare for a show, for something to be killed quietly when they have the full cast already done. Cuff, cuff, Batgirl. Rare. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, th- I've done that. I did that. That's that's the thing I did. What else? Uh, So I started playing Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, the samurai game. Yeah. I watched um, about 20 minutes of gameplay once and thought, that looks awesome. I'm never going to play it, but it looks pretty cool. <laughs> it's, it's big. This, so it's, it's supposed to be a stealth samurai game. Mm-hmm. So the whole point of samurais is they're like, we will fight in the open, like honor and stuff like that. The Mongols invade. Everything's fictional. It's a fictional island of Tsushima, fictional, uh, mm-hmm. Kotun Khan, who is the cousin of Kublai. Okay. Um, so you know like yeah nothing real and so like he's he learns from a thief how to like be stealthy and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. it is a point of contention between him and his uncle who's like the um lord of the island okay uh he is like so he's like a prince basically he's Mm -hmm. one of the big ones um and so it's, it's intended to be a both a stealth or like and or a full on fighting game. Mm-hmm. I have more fun doing the fighting because it's just, it feels more fleshed out mm-hmm. The I read when I was like kind of preparing for it, uh, kind of reviews and stuff like that. And they were all like, yeah, the stealth is very basic. Mm-hmm. It's just, you crouch in, um, tall grass and can assassinate a person. And you've got the one tool that lets some like lead somebody somewhere to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. Okay. Um, there are some, it's more than Zelda has, but yeah, but it's like, it's not a, a stealth game. You want a stealth game? Look at the Assassin's Creed games right. who like have fleshed that out way more. Yeah. Um, perfected by the apex of their art. I wouldn't even say perfected Assassin's though. Creed There's a lot Mahala. of issues with Assassin's Creed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They were getting real good. And then that happened. 
but it's just like it's it's so satisfying to just cut through an entire like camp of mongols mm-hmm. um i like i spent a long time like 100%ing the small island so like basically there's three acts and there's like a small it's one island it's kind of like two islands basically like the small island and then the upper island is bigger that's split into two and so like you'll the first act takes place in the first island mm-hmm. the second act takes place in the south half of the second island and then i assume the third act i'm in the second act right now it has the i've talked about question mark problem mm-hmm. where the map is full of question marks to go and complete and stuff it's a little better because everything you accomplish there isn't just, ah, kill the thing and you get a little bit of loot. It's like, uh, so there are bamboo slicing stands that up your resolve, which is a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything you do like ups, like a stat or, uh, like progresses towards upping a stat and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, got gear loadouts and stuff like that. Like it's a, it's a pretty standard game. Mm-hmm. for that kind of thing it's a i think it's a playstation playstation exclusive yes it's playstation exclusive because it has the little mm-hmm. um playstation thing right at the mm-hmm. beginning the it's very stylistic so it's it's a lot of the graphics are very like r- like they go realistic route mm-hmm. but there's a lot of decisions with the style that are more of the like japanese film art style okay uh so you're in like a forest with trees with golden leaves and they're all just kind of like it's like constantly just kind of a little bit floating and when you're Mm -hmm. like running through the leaves that are on the ground they like jump up and glide down and Mm -hmm. stuff which isn't realistic but like that's kind of the style okay Um, i like it and stylized there's a lot of that which i really like and it's a beautiful game mm-hmm. just like kind of running through and seeing like the the fields of chrysanthemum and stuff like that mm-hmm. the story so far is really interesting because basically it opens with all the samurai all the lords from all these families making their first stand from Khan landing on the island mm-hmm. uh and they all die nice uh the very first thing that happens is basically they send down like their best samurai and he's like fight me and then koten Khan walks up splashes him with something and he's like what and then throws a torch at him and he like lights on fire with oil he splashed oh. on him he just lights him on fire Dang. and it's just like immediately like honor and he's like nah <laughs> um cutting that gordian knot or burning it yep <laughs> and it's it's really interesting because it, there's a lot of, you know, my favorite theme to play on is progress versus tradition. Mm-hmm. So you've got this guy, the the main character who's like, uh, been trained in the traditional way of the samurai, mm-hmm. but like that's not gonna win. Like they introduce that mm-hmm. thing right at the beginning is that yeah. the traditional way of the samurai is not how you're gonna beat the Mongols. Yeah. Um, and then it is a constant tension between him and his uncle of like uh so occasionally when you do it when you finish a main mission it'll cut to so his uncle survives the invasion the that initial attack mm-hmm. and is imprisoned by Koten Khan mm-hmm. and so it cuts to them so like Koten comes up and is like yeah so your nephew is causing quite a bit of trouble and he's like he's gonna like come and kill you he's gonna free me that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and he's like it's interesting that my men are found with 
with having been stabbed in the back which is not the way of the samurai. And he's like, he's kind of like egging him oh, on. Oh, I like it. Um, Good little so, manipulative bad guy. Yep. And then, so you get to, I'm, I'm sensing there's a budding romance between the main character and uh, Yuna, who's the, the thief that taught him how to be stealthy. Um, and so when you like, the second act is you've saved your, uh, your uncle and there's like the tension and mm-hmm. you're doing, uh, he's like, I've heard some bad th- like things. Like as long as you like, adhere to the code from now on like we'll be good and i don't want yuna around but like yuna's like instrumental in liberating mm-hmm. the, the the island i haven't done any of the main missions of act two because i went and completed the bottom island right <laughs> i got 100 percent everything um but it's there's a lot of really interesting themes coming up and the story is cool this it's beautiful the mechanics are like ones that i like Mm -hmm. i feel like i've played so many games now that there's not something that's like wow that is really cool Mm -hmm. i'm waiting for games that do that but like no it's it's a lot of fun i'm i'm enjoying it a lot um i feel like if you are the kind of person that likes um like the arkham games the uh shadow of war games stuff like that like you'll like ghost of tsushima Mm -hmm. um yeah one thing that's kind of weird is so you can they have haiku locations. Like you'll go and it'll be like this place that kind of looks over a really beautiful area. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can write a haiku. And so it's like reflect on death. And then there's kind of like three things you can kind of point the camera at and hit X mm-hmm. for like the first line. And then does it again and does it again. I feel like they're randomly applied because it's like reflect on death. And it's like pleasantly from above. You're like, that's not death. And it's like quietly we whisper or what that's, that's more than five. So, but it's like, it's like, like, these don't really have to do with death. And like one of them may be close. And so I'll like choose that one. And then like, it'll go to the seven and we're like, I guess this one kind (laughs) of naturally follows that one. And I guess it kind of has to do with death. And then the third one just has nothing to do with any of them. And so it's like, one of them was like, uh, reflecting on fear and i had something about like living in the shadows or whatever watching through the like something like it's all about like darkness and kind of being hidden and then the last one was like we walk around <laughs> or some shit that was just like so <laughs> random i was like i just uh, man i feel like this could have been better this like the the decisions on which ones to put in there could have been better because i don't know i mean there's just like a maybe maybe they make sense in the art of haiku that i am not familiar with i ended every haiku with the word refrigerator when i was in middle school <laughs> <laughs> didn't we all uh i think i did one where it's like i punch babies i punch a baby oh, I, I punched a baby i ended one with like that that was funny good yeah i was in typical middle school <laughs> I have, uh, I don't remember any of my middle school haikus, but I have a friend who wrote one that has stuck with me through the years. A boy saw a cow. The boy said, how now, brown cow? The cow stared confused. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out Matt Collins. (laughs) That was Matt. That's good. Um, So yeah, that's what I've been doing. Playing that game. Nice. uh, It's another one of those games that uh, keep playing games that I'm like, oh, that's a really cool idea. I'm going to put it in my game because it has like stances. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. each, so you've got 
the five different stance or four different stances, one that's good against swordsmen, one that's good against spearmen, one that's good against people with shields, and one that's good against brutes. Mm-hmm. And so like if you're doing the right one against them, it's 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 challenging because like you if you're surrounded by like one of each of them mm-hmm. and you're like, Alright, I'm ready to fight the one with the sword, and then the one with the shield attacks you, you're like not very efficient against them. Mm-hmm. Um I'm just gonna spin in a hold a sword out in front of me and spin in a circle. That'll take care <laughs> of it. <laughs> but yeah, no, the combat's really good. The stealth could definitely be better i need to start doing the main missions there's uh, the the side stories are really good to kind of like have a series of missions with an mm-hmm. individual person uh one person who uh trained someone who's a murderer one person whose whole entire family was betrayed one person whose like brother was one of the samurai and he's like a warrior monk and he's trying to like bring a temple back together and right. stuff like that so there's a lot of really interesting stories with it um I've been collecting a whole bunch of uh, artifacts and things that um, do, you know, flavor text. Mm-hmm. And I'm just waiting. My favorite thing to do when I'm playing a game. So if I ever, like, get high and I start playing a game, there comes to a certain point, depending on, like, how if I ate too much of an edible and I'm like, <laughs> I can't really do the fighting, I'll just, like, go to the flavor text and just sit there and read for hours and be like, oh, that's really interesting. And it's, like, it's very satisfying. I can't wait to see you do that with Hollow Knight. Is there a lot of flavor text with Hollow Knight? There's a ton. But like, is it things you can go back to? Yeah. Oh, okay. You can go back to anything. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've played that game. Yep. Again, I'm waiting. I'm Once I finished Ghost of Tsushima, it was on It was on sale for like... So I basically I have this threshold. Mm-hmm. I have so many games that I haven't played and mm-hmm. I'm like working through them. And so I've got all the games that I also want to play on my wish lists. Mm-hmm. And if they are on 80% off... I'll buy it. Okay. Even if I don't play it then, it's I'll buy rule. it. Because 80%. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost never going to get better, better than that. Yep. And so Ghost of Tsushima was on that. So I'm like, oh, well, I've got it. And now I guess I'll play it. Because <laughs> right. I don't really have a game I'm playing right now. And so I think like Ghost of Tsushima, there's a couple other games, but I don't... I did just get the rest of the Borderlands games. Okay. Which you've probably heard the name. I am aware of the name. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so those are another open world game. So I'll probably do that. But I'm just like... I think I'm getting close to wanting to go back to play. No, I haven't played the Arkham games in a while. That'd be good to ramp up to Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I have a really powerful computer so I can actually play it with really good graphics instead of like the absolute minimum graphics. (laughs) I have Arkham Knight or uh, uh, Gotham Knights on my wish list and it's Mm -hmm. been on sale for like 50, 60 percent a couple times. But I've just like I've seen clips of it where it's like, yeah, this is the same studio that made this game and this game, and it's like the uh, some of the Arkham games, and it's just Gotham Knights doesn't look as good. Okay. And I've just heard like lackluster things about it. Yeah. I'm like, man, I wanted to play Nightwing in a really good game. Yeah. Bummer. That's the dream. Yeah. Remember when we were gonna get a Nightwing movie? Yeah. Chris McKay. Yeah. I wonder if he's ever tweeted anything about it. Probably not. I guess now that he's, James I Gunn's mean, his, his feed is is he doing Dungeons and Dragons? Is that him? Yes. I'm sure his Twitter feed is just nothing but promotion for that. Then That's a great point. I forgot about that. I forgot that that that, that happened. That. A while ago, that's the like we was like, yeah, we're doing a Dungeons and Dragons movie. I was like, oh, that's gonna be stupid. And now it's coming out. Yeah. Like I did not think that that movie back like it thinking made it, back now. Yeah. I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah. Superman 2 didn't make it, but 
Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. That's not out yet, is it? This month. This month. Honestly, it kind of looks fun. Yeah, it, it looks, looks fun, it, dumb, not take itself too seriously. Yeah. Uh, I Have you seen the, the clip of the um, doing the questions no. the dead person? Oh, man, it's so funny. It's like you you have five questions that you can ask the, or four questions and then he can ne- he will die again to never be raised again. It's like, cool. Were you there at this battle? Yes. Cool. Uh, three more questions, right? Yes. Not, no, not you. I wasn't talking to you. Uh, okay. You uh, Did that count as a question? Yes. No, not you. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, you only answer the questions that I ask you directly. Okay. Yes. Why did you ask that question? <laughs> it's so good. It's I, I I I may I may go see it. Yeah, I'd take along for that. Yeah, bring all do a little Dungeons and Dragons, all the Dungeons and Dragons friends and you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> go see that. Even though there's definitely going to be some inaccuracies in it, but it's fine. Yeah. Um. So. All right. I think that's all. All right. Got a good hour. Cool. Shall we? We shall. Thanks, everyone, for listening. You can find us on TikTok at Just Us Losers Pod. Uh, we technically have Instagram and uh, 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 whatever the other one is. Twitter, uh, same handle. Uh, Facebook, facebook.justusloosers.org. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> put that in. See what comes up. Let's see. Uh, we have a Gmail, justusloserspod at gmail.com where um have any of you ever had that experience where you knew spoilers going in and it made the viewing slash reading slash playing experience better i'd love to hear a good example of that uh aside from that we've got episodes every week spotify itunes iHeartRadio, podbean all the usual places you know how this works at this point um so yeah leave us a like and we'll talk to you talk at you next time thanks for listening bye bye bye, bye.